Well, if you haven't already, you can grab those talk notes. We're going to jump in here. We're in this series, Vibrant and Vital Love, where we're kind of looking at the cornerstone of a vibrant and vital faith, and that is this love that Jesus modeled, and really that we can see demonstrated in the life and teachings also in the sermons of Martin Luther King Jr. And so we've been kind of exploring some scripture, some wisdom from scripture, and looking at some of those sermons as well. And if you're interested in that book of sermons of Martin Luther King's, we have those available out in the atrium. They're $15. If you don't have $15, bucks, just take one. The person behind you will pay. That's the rule. That's just how it works. Generosity is a core value of our church. So there it is. Um, My name is Ryan, if I didn't say that earlier. And again, thank you for being here. If you're a guest this morning, I'd love to meet you, connect with you, connect with Crossroads, but more so if you'd like to have coffee, if you have any questions, my cell phone number is there in the program. Just shoot me a text message and we'll get together. Happy to answer any questions you might have and hear a bit of your story, how you connected here with Crossroads. Our subject today is one that's a little difficult. It's a little difficult, and maybe you've heard some things about it that today you might actually hear something a little different. And I would just encourage you to keep an open heart uh, about that as we explore this topic. And we want to talk about this idea of forgiveness today. How many of you all find forgiveness to be an easy concept? Good, relevant, relevant, relevant talk this morning for all of us, right? Because forgiveness can be quite difficult. Forgiveness can be quite difficult. Now, why is that? Well, because forgiveness involves our emotions. And how many of y'all know emotions have a tendency to get in the way, right? We can have a reasonable conversation and dialogue about forgiveness, but in the moment when our emotions get into play, all of a sudden emotion is high, intelligence is low. That's usually how it works, right? And the more emotional pain we experience, the more difficult it is for us to forgive, And the more of a perceived injustice that we have experienced, the more difficult it is to forgive. The more we feel that maybe there's a power imbalance between ourselves and the person who has offended us or harmed us or hurt us, the more difficult it is to forgive. Forgiveness is a spectrum, right? If it's kind of easy to forgive when our emotions are involved or when we don't feel that there's this huge injustice involved or we don't feel there's a power differential, right? If we feel there's that power differential and a person is asking us to forgive them, eh, well, what does that mean? If we forgive them, are we, does that mean we just continue to allow them to control us? A huge part of forgiveness in our hearts and our minds is that we feel like we need to feel a, that they have a sense, a deep sense of remorse that they have an empathy towards us, they understand how we feel about the behavior, the actions, the attitude, whatever harmed us. And when we don't feel that, it's more difficult to forgive. If we're honest, some of us, maybe we've been handed some theological teachings around this idea of forgiveness that have actually brought a little more harm than healing into our lives right? Uh, There's theological teachings about forgiveness that often come with this mantra. Maybe you've heard it, forgive and forget. How many of y'all have ever heard that one? Forgive and forget. Or maybe you've heard about forgiveness. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. We all need forgiveness. Or maybe you've heard this, unless you forgive like God, you won't be forgiven. Anybody heard that one before? Some of these things that we get handed and we told about God, like they really give us a misunderstanding about forgiveness. And we hold these misunderstandings and we carry them with us through life. And because of that, we kind of think, well, maybe, maybe forgiveness really means that we're just condoning behavior or excusing it. Like that's what forgiveness does. If I forgive somebody, then I'm telling them that their behavior is fine or I'm making an excuse for it. 
Some of us have a misunderstanding of forgiveness that forgiveness means that we have to ignore our emotions or our hurt. We have to shove that down into some other corner of our lives that we're not allowed to be angry. We're not allowed to experience the negative emotions. Sometimes we think that forgiveness means we shouldn't have that. Some of us think that maybe forgiveness means pretending something never happened. Maybe you've heard that forgiveness is a selfless act. It's an act of utter selflessness. I think a lot of these things that we've been handed, a lot of these misunderstandings, a lot of these theological ways actually produce something that I would call spiritually unhealthy forgiveness. And spiritually unhealthy forgiveness is actually an act of self-harm, not selflessness. When we don't have a healthy, oh, thank you. I got an amen today. <laughs> Woo, let's call it a day. We're gonna receive the offering and get out of here. I'm not pushing my luck, people. <laughs> I love it. Listen, this, this is actually, we think that this kind of forgiveness is good for us, but at the end of the day, when we travel down the road and we haven't actually practiced what I would call spiritually healthy forgiveness, we've actually harmed ourselves because what happens is this type of forgiveness has perpetuated all kinds of evil in our world by people that look like me that have my profession who I think were not trying to be harmful, but they themselves were handed some pretty erroneous ways of thinking about forgiveness. And so all of a sudden we have people remaining in abusive relationships in the name of forgiveness. Kindness and generosity are continually taken advantage of in the name of forgiveness. And at the end of the day, this self-harm that happens is our self-image, our sense of self-worth, is just continually decreasing. And we start to think that we just deserve whatever it is that's happened to us. We just think, you know what? I, I'm struggling to forgive this person. I'm angry. I, I don't understand why this happened to me. I'm supposed to forgive them. Maybe you grew up in a faith church and said, you gotta forgive. And so all of a sudden you start thinking, I'm not a good Christian. I can't meet that standard. And sometimes this, this spiritually unhealthy forgiveness means that people aren't held accountable appropriately. That happens a lot of times in the church world and with leadership. And under the surface, right? So this, this idea of spiritually unhealthy forgiveness, forgive and forget, just move forward, pretend like it never happened. But here's what happens. Under the surface of spiritually unhealthy forgiveness is a very dark and dangerous ecosystem. It's a very dark and dangerous ecosystem where, where certain weeds in our lives grow up and choke the life out of us, grudges, vengeance, bitterness, anxiety, fear, doubt. Like these are all the fruits of unhealthy spirituality, of unhealthy forgiveness. And when we practice unhealthy spiritual forgiveness, when we leverage Bible verses and we, we try to do this, we say, I just have to forgive and forget and my emotions don't matter and what actually happened doesn't matter. And, and, and they're, they're in leadership and, and we all sin and everybody, so there shouldn't be any accountability. Let's just forgive and move forward. But here's the thing, that doesn't produce the fruit of the spirit in our lives. It actually produces the opposite. And when forgiveness doesn't produce the fruit of the spirit in our lives, we aren't practicing spiritually healthy forgiveness. And scripture, believe it or not, does offer us some wisdom on this. And we have to grow and evolve and, and we need some time sometimes to see how forgiveness plays out and the way in which it's taught to us and what it does to us. But what we find in scripture is that Jesus did teach a lot about forgiveness. He taught a lot about what I would call spiritually healthy forgiveness. And, and so within our faith tradition, forgiveness is kind of a cornerstone concept. So we really should address it. We should talk about it. And this is what Jesus said about forgiveness in Luke chapter six. He said, don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn 
and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. So Jesus did say that, right? We have this idea that Jesus, God, and he taught this idea that forgiveness was powerful and forgiveness was around this not having judgmental attitude, was not condemning people. And that there was something powerful about offering this idea of forgiveness that then affected our own lives. And what's interesting about Jesus is he didn't just teach it. He also modeled the power of spiritually healthy forgiveness, right? It was in his darkest moment that Jesus modeled it in this story. In one of Dr. King's sermons, Love in Action, Dr. King said this. He said, never in history was there a more sublime example of the consistency of word and deed. Prior to this statement, Dr. King is talking about how we rarely live up to our words. We always fall short. That there's this something about like bringing our words and our ideas into action. But he says, Jesus was this example of incredible consistency of word and deed. He said, during the ministry in the sunny villages of Galilee, Jesus talked passionately about forgiveness. And then later on, Dr. King says, the moment of testing would emerge where Christ, the innocent of God, is stretched in painful agony on an uplifted cross. What place is there for love and forgiveness now? Dr. King said, how will Jesus react? What will he say? The answers to these questions burst forth in a majestic splendor that Jesus lifts his thorn-crowned head and he cries in words of cosmic proportions, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Like Jesus practiced this idea of forgiveness. And here's the interesting thing. Whatever Jesus practiced, whatever Jesus taught, I believe they were all to lead us to, and they were all about his vision of abundant life, real life. Sometimes what the Bible translates as eternal life true life. So all of Jesus's teachings, whether they were about prayer or giving or forgiveness or judgment, they were about, here's how you can experience his vision of what a true life was. And we see this in John 10, 10, where Jesus says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. What the writer of the gospel of John is teaching us is that there are things in this world that, that if, we, if we aren't on the lookout, what they are there to do is they're just gonna ultimately pull all the goodness from our lives. They're gonna suck all the joy out of life. They're gonna suck all the peace out of life. And Jesus is saying, I've come that you would have an abundant life, real life, genuine life. And I think that's true about forgiveness, that spiritually unhealthy forgiveness, it steals from us, it kills and it destroys. It is an enemy that prowls like a roaring lion. And it steals joy and steals peace. And what it gives us in replace of that is grudges and bitterness and anxiety and a vengeful heart. And those things will eventually consume us. And so spiritually healthy forgiveness then, it must be, however we practice it, it has to be about real life, abundant life, that when we actually exercise Jesus's idea of forgiveness, it ought to produce in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, not giving us an inner life filled with bitterness and anxiety and anger. And so spiritually healthy forgiveness frees us and protects us from those things. So what then is spiritually healthy forgiveness? What does that look like? So here's here's the deal. This is kind of a, a wordy thing that I'm gonna give you, okay? So hang in there with me. 
spiritually healthy forgiveness. I think the forgiveness that Jesus could probably do instantaneously because he was a super evolved human being, right? There was something unique about Jesus. We call it the incarnation, but I'm I'm hesitant to, I don't wanna leave behind that I think Jesus had to struggle through all of this stuff. I don't think Jesus woke up in the morning and was like, I just can't wait for somebody to crucify me so I can forgive him. It's gonna be an amazing day. I don't think that was the case for the historical Jesus. I think that it's part of our faith tradition that Jesus went through every emotion and struggle and he handled and he mastered those emotions in beautiful ways. So what is spiritually healthy forgiveness? The kind of forgiveness that produces love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, proper self-image, understanding of ourselves, accountability, those types of things. Well, true, genuine, spiritually healthy forgiveness is a complex process. It's a process. And it's a process that involves us working through and letting go of our negative emotions. So it's a complex process that we work through to let go of our negative emotions of resentment and our desire for revenge. How many of y'all love a good revenge movie? Come on now, I'll ask that question again. How many of you love a good revenge movie? We love it. We love it. We wanna see the bad guy get it. It's ingrained in us. But spiritually healthy forgiveness, notice who who the focus of spiritually healthy forgiveness is on. Me. It's a very selfish act. Spiritually healthy forgiveness recognizes that it's a process, that it doesn't necessarily happen instantaneously, that the more emotion is involved, the more injustice is involved, that this could be a very complex process of detangling some of our negative emotions and understanding them and embracing them and acknowledging them. And it's a pathway where we let go of our resentment towards those that have harmed us and hurt us. And it's a pathway where we let go of the desire for revenge. It goes far beyond simply forgetting or excusing the behavior. (laughs) It's way more than that. It is a deliberate and conscious action, a a, a set of work that we do in our lives to release the emotional burden that is associated with the harm that we've experienced. Can you, does that resonate with you that the idea that there is emotional burdens that come with harm that we experience and forgiveness, healthy Healthy forgiveness, spiritual healthy forgiveness is about understanding how do I release that emotional burden? And so here's what I don't want us to miss. A vibrant and vital love. A vibrant and vital love as demonstrated by Jesus, as we see in MLK, right? Chooses, it is a conscious choice to live a life of spiritually healthy forgiveness as a shield against bitterness, resentment, and vengeance. It is a shield. I love this beautiful piece of poetry. It's poetry. It's imagery, okay? It's not meant to be taken literally, okay? But I love this. In Psalm chapter three, verse three, it says, but you, O Lord, are a shield around me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I don't read that verse and go, oh, there's this being that stands in front of me. And as long as I acknowledge this being by saying the right prayer, inviting Jesus in my heart, now I can just go do my, no, 
I think it's bigger. I think it's more cosmic. I think that there are things that, that we say are God. They are the God qualities all around us, one of them being forgiveness. And that forgiveness is a shield around me. It is my glory and it lifts my head under the burden and the weight of the emotion of harm that I have experienced or that you have experienced. And spiritually healthy forgiveness, it shields us from our desires. It shields us from past actions, destroying and harming our present life. It shields our future from the past. Think of it like a, a barrier that you put down in your yard to keep the weeds out. We got a lot of rock gardens here in Colorado, right? And you lay that barrier down and then you put your, your rocks on it. And then for some strange reason, weeds still grow through that. How do they continue to sell this product? It feels like the Better Business Mirror should get a handle on this nonsense. We just bought a brand new house, paid landscapers to come in. They laid it down. I mean, I saw it with my own eyes. It went down. They didn't lie to me. It went down. And of course, every year I'm out there making an appointment with the chiropractor, pulling these weeds and spraying. Like, what in the world? It's a terrible shield against the weeds that grow in my garden bed. But imagine it actually worked. <laughs> imagine you didn't buy the cheap stuff like I did. You bought the really good stuff laid that down and you didn't have those weeds growing up. It is a protective barrier and that's what forgiveness is. And see, the more complex the pain, the more complex the process of forgiveness is. So how do you get started choosing this for your everyday normal life? Because that's really what this is all about, right? We go out of here and we live wherever we are tomorrow at this time. What does it mean? How do I start doing this? So I wanna encourage you to choose to honestly acknowledge and address your emotions. Honestly acknowledge and address your emotions. Do not run from negative emotions. There is a crazy reality that just persists in much of the American church, in much of the American culture, that we should not experience any kind of defeat, that we should never have any kind of negative emotions, that if you're a person of faith, negative emotions are bad, and that's just not accurate. It, it, it produces repression, and there's loads of evidence and studies done that repression is not a good thing. And so the first step we do is we acknowledge the emotional burden that it plays in our lives. And now this is gonna sound strange to you, okay? It's gonna sound strange to those of you that have grown up in a, in a church, you've grown up in a Christian experience that talks about forgiveness and loving other people and putting other people first. So this one might be hard for you to hear from me, but I am a professional. <laughs> I'm a professional at this, okay? I really am. I wanna encourage you to live this out. You have to choose to prioritize your emotional well-being over the feelings of the person you are forgiving. So I know that that can sound really like, that's not Christian-like. Because we've been told, oh, we gotta put others first. And we get, I'm telling you, you have to prioritize your emotional well-being over the person you are forgiving. It's like you have to put your oxygen mask on first. It's just how it works. Your emotional health is a priority in spiritually healthy forgiveness. And that's a new starting point for many of us. That spiritually healthy forgiveness means I start not with the feelings of the person who has wronged me, 
Not with whether or not I put up a boundary or a border and it hurts them or makes them feel bad. It starts with me addressing that my emotional health, the love and care of my inner being is of vital importance in this moment. And so we establish healthy boundaries. And honestly, it doesn't matter what the person who offended you thinks about your boundary. It doesn't matter what you think about the person who you need to forgive you. Doesn't matter what you think about their boundary. See, I'm treating you all as if you've been the ones harmed, but let's be honest. You've done some harm in yourselves. I've done some wounding, right? That's why we need the principle of forgiveness. That's why we need the metaphor of forgiveness of sin, because we know deep down in our hearts that we have wounded people in ways that we cannot heal. And so it doesn't matter what we think, how we feel about a person who we've harmed or, or how they feel when you're offering the forgiveness, right? You can forgive 70 times seven, right? If you're familiar with that story of Jesus and Peter. But here's the thing. I would consider you to be a fool if you end up in the same situation 70 times seven. Like how many times are you gonna forgive somebody for borrowing a hundred bucks and not paying it back? 70 times seven? I mean, I'd go for maybe two or three. And then that person comes and asks me to borrow money. I'm like, heck no. I love you, but no, don't even bother asking me ever again. But I'll pay you. I don't, you can pay me back from the other 300 bucks. I'm still not going to let you borrow $300 ever again, right? I might give it to you. Oh, that's different, right? But I'm not going to let you borrow it because that just produces all kinds of emotional pain and burden in our relationship. That's a whole other story, right? So we can forgive. We can develop what Jesus is saying in that passage, by the way, is that we ought to have a disposition of healthy forgiveness, right? It's not like we're supposed to keep a tally, but here's what you got to remember about this. The other person's feelings are not your responsibility. Some of you, that's worth giving in the offering, <laughs> right? You've never wanted to give to a church, but you're like, I'm giving to this church. I just want to release you of the burden that other people's feelings are your responsibility. And believe it or not, there's actually other texts in scripture. If you're a person that really feels like you need a scripture verse for everything, right? There are actually scripture verses that lend to this idea that I'm not responsible for everything. Paul sets up boundaries with people he travels with. He doesn't travel with them anymore. Paul says, why does my, my actions offend you? I'm not responsible for your offense. That's a, shouldn't bother. So you're not responsible for their feelings, right? And you know this, like you, you know this with your own children. Your children get mad at you all the time and you kind of celebrate it a little bit. Like I'm doing it right. They're not happy with me. <laughs> okay, so just remember that. Now, second thing is this, or it might be the third thing. I don't know, you know, you have the talk notes. Spiritually healthy forgiveness means that you are not coerced or manipulated into it in any way. If you feel that you are being manipulated or coerced into forgiveness, it's not spiritual healthy forgiveness and it'll produce all that other stuff, particularly by the person you are forgiving. So what does this look like? I'm gonna run through this kind of quickly. But manipulation of forgiveness is often a person short-circuiting what is truly reconciliation. It's a person wanting to short-circuit a process of reconciliation that requires trust and time, and the restoration of all of that and misplacing that with forgiveness. And so there's these manipulative ways in which we do this. So minimizing the offense. It was just a small mistake. It doesn't really matter. Well, the intent in that statement is to downplay the severity of the pain that you're feeling, the harm that you've experienced, to minimize their accountability or to minimize my accountability if I say that to someone. 
Another way that we get manipulated is we blame others. Other people blame us. Well, I wouldn't have done it if you hadn't. How many of y'all has ever used that one, especially in like a, a romantic relationship kind of thing? I wouldn't have lost my temper if you wouldn't have said this. Well, that's just us shifting blame onto somebody else, onto circumstances and avoiding taking responsibility, full responsibility. We deflect is another way of manipulating people, right? This is what that looks like. I don't mean to hurt you. You're just being too sensitive. And the intent of that statement is, well, I, don't, I can avoid the accountability by questioning your emotional response. I don't have to worry about what I'm saying. I don't have to acknowledge my actions and the impact they had on you. Oh, this is a fan favorite right here, playing the victim. I mean, we play the victim is a great way to manipulate and course forgiveness. This is what, I've just been going through so much. Can't you just find it in your heart to forgive me? And the intent in that statement is to invoke sympathy or pity, to divert the attention away from the wrongdoing and place an emphasis on the person who offended you or hurt you, their struggles. Like if I can just get you to think about me and not your pain, but my pain, then you can see really, you just need to forgive me. Look at how bad it's, I've had it going through. It's a manipulation of your pain. It's a manipulation of my pain. Or using emotional blackmail. If you don't forgive me, I don't know what I'll do. Or maybe there's a threat that goes with that. If you can't forgive me, if you don't forgive me, this is what I'm gonna do. That's using emotional manipulation to, to make it seem like I'm responsible for your actions. Like I'm all of a sudden responsible for the offender's well-being, right? That's a manipulative thing to do. Sometimes we demand immediate forgiveness. It's a coercive, manipulative thing. You need to forgive me right now. Otherwise, you're not forgiving. If you don't forgive me right now, this, that's being unforgiving. How can you be an unforgiving person? What kind of person are you? Right, that's what that's saying. And the intent is to get this person to forgive me quickly, to disregard the natural and individual process of forgiveness that we have to go through. I'm just gonna disregard what you need and it's just what I need. And when we pressure that person to forgive us or when somebody's doing that to us. But here's the thing, all those manipulations are really not about forgiveness, they're about reconciliation. It's about restoring a relationship. But reconciliation and restoring relationship and trust involves genuine remorse accountability for actions, a sincere effort to repair the relationship rather than relying on these manipulative strategies to just get somebody to say real quick, I forgive you. And finally, spiritually healthy forgiveness means that you and I understand, if we really embrace spiritually healthy forgiveness, we understand that there is a difference between consequences and vengeance. There is a difference it's why we have this great metaphor, this beautiful line in scripture where it says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Our spiritual ancestors knew that a path of vengeance, if ever appropriate, was never in our hands. That we just had to trust some things outside of ourselves. But there are natural consequences. There are consequences to behavior. There are relational consequences. There's societal consequences. There's financial consequences. And, and healthy spiritual forgiveness is okay with consequences. It, you might actually be sad. You might be a very sensitive, tender-hearted person and you can actually feel sadness for the consequences that an action towards you means. So you can feel a deep sense of sadness and loss that a relationship is now tarnished or a relationship has shifted or maybe a relationship has been suspended or even ended. You can be sad about that. But spiritually healthy forgiveness kind of embraces 
that, but that is the consequence. And while I'm sad that this relationship has in, to continually offer reconciliation, to continually offer myself into that situation is to continue to prove self-harm. And to do that under the name of forgiveness then tarnishes my understanding of God and being made in God's image. And when we embrace this and do the hard work of forgiveness, it's not easy. Because remember, every, the harder and deeper the emotion, the more complex the process to that, to that space of releasing the emotional burden, because that's what forgiveness is. I'm not releasing you of consequences. I'm releasing me of needing the emotional burden and wanting vengeance and wanting bitterness and allowing grudges to set into my heart. And when we live into that space, that 70 times seven kind of thing, that attitude towards it, something very powerful happens. And that is that a joy is restored in us for our future. Because a lot of times those emotional burdens that we, we carry from the past hurt, they say, well, I'll never find love again. I'll never find a church again. I'll never get out of this hole. I'll never make my way back. I'll never, and, 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 the, and that resentment and that bitterness towards that person or that circumstance, it holds us back from the joy of a future and the possibilities of our present moment, right? To live in joy and live with the hope of possibilities. That's the promise of forgiveness. That's the beauty of it. Unforgiveness, spiritually unhealthy forgiveness, holding on to those emotional burdens or, or dismissing them, pretending that they don't even exist, it will choke the joy. It'll be a weed that grows into our lives. It will choke joy and limit our belief in the future possibilities. But embracing the hard work of spiritually healthy forgiveness means that the actions and intentions of others no longer control my today or my tomorrow. That I am free to heal. I am free to find redemption and restoration. I am free to rebuild because that person and that situation no longer has power over me. And that does not mean that I have to embrace that person. That does not mean that I have to embrace that situation. That does not mean any of those things. It just simply means I actually have to do the things that help me release the burden. And if releasing the person from my life releases the burden, then that is spiritually healthy forgiveness. And I entrust that person into the spirit of God. And I do that with love. I do that with love, not resentment or anything like that. So we're gonna have communion together here. And as we do that, I just ask this question, what is God inviting you into? The communion elements are a, are a symbol of forgiveness. They're a reminder that there is a perfect love that we live in that understands us perfectly. So we experience this perfect forgiveness that helps us cope and work through our own emotional pain and stress and loss. And so these symbols represent, in, in one way, they're a beautiful metaphor of the love of God and the forgiveness of God. But I wanna say that the love and the forgiveness of God is not given, it just is. <laughs> It just is, that's how perfect it is. <laughs> and so it's a reminder that in our own lives how healing it is to receive it, but it's also a measure of giving it. And I believe it's true. If we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. Like if we don't forgive, we will continue to live under the emotional burden of it and it will weigh us down and we'll never be able to move on when we harm someone else. We'll never be able to move forward. We'll never be able to emotionally heal from the pain of our own wounding of others. How many of y'all have ever felt bad about harming somebody else? Yeah. Like to heal from that wound requires that I offer forgiveness to others. I just believe that's a deep spiritual truth and reality, but that is not petty 
not petty forgiveness. It's not, not, it, it does not mean that I don't embrace and entangle the, the negative emotions and the hurt and the pain in my life. So what is God inviting you into as we have communion? A couple of things. Well, maybe it's just an opportunity to rethink through what it means to forgive someone. Maybe God's inviting you this week to read Dr. King's sermon, Love in Action, in that book of his sermons. Maybe, maybe there's a complex wound in your life. Maybe there's a pain that's very deep and it has produced inside of you a spirit of vengeance, of bitterness, and you've been carrying that burden for a long time and there's something inside of you that says, I don't want that anymore. Maybe God's inviting you to meet with a helping professional to begin that complex process of forgiving someone. Not so that they get off, not so that they don't have to be accountable, but so that you can release that emotional burden and live in freedom from the past. So we're gonna sing this great song, Reckless Love, which is a reminder of God's reckless love for us and how we can recklessly love ourselves too when we forgive in a healthy spiritual way.